Wow. Thank you, choir and orchestra. Amen. You know, our God is real. I hope you know God because He is real. It reminds me of little Johnny. He was drawing a picture one day, and his teacher came by and said, Little Johnny, what are you drawing there? He said, I'm drawing God. She said, Nobody knows what God looks like. He said, They will when I get through. (laughs) Amen. So He's real. He's real in my heart. I hope He's real in your heart through the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you know we can have a personal relationship with God? With God the Creator, the one that hung the moon and the stars, you can have a personal, intimate relationship with God. You can talk to Him. And by the way, He speaks back through His Word and through His Spirit. You can interact with Him through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus came, that's why He was born, and that's why He died. So you and I can have everlasting life if we would only believe If we would only trust Him and only believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we can be saved. And I hope today that you have done that, that you have made your personal relationship with God through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you have not, you're going to get an opportunity right here today to do that as we do each week. So I pray and I trust that you'll do that. Open your Bibles today to Revelations chapter 20, Revelation chapter 20. Let me remind you to be in prayer today for a couple of families. I'll be doing a funeral today at Limestone Chapel for my dear friend, Horace Barnett. The Barnett families, we grew up with them there at uh, Round Island, very good friends with Horace and Zona and their children. So be in prayer for that service today. Uh, Bill Bailey and I and Mike Green will be leading that service at 2 o'clock. And then at 2 o'clock at First United Methodist, Doris Dean passed away. And they'll be having a memorial service for Miss Dean and that family, for Danny and Mary Kay and Matthew. So be in prayer for them as well. I want to lead us in prayer. And then we're going to dive right in today to the great white throne judgment. And I would just ask you today as I pray that you would pray for this message, that this message would resonate in your heart and my heart, and we would take a glimpse at these end times we've been talking about in this book of Revelation, that you would get a glimpse of heaven and the end time and what's going to be happening. And so I trust that you've been listening to these messages, you've been following along with me in your book and your Bible, as we've been talking about the end time prophecy of what's going to happen here on planet earth and in the spiritual realm, even in heaven and during the end time. So I want to pray and let's just ask God today to speak to our hearts once again. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you today in your house. Some are watching by live stream. We have a contemporary service that's also viewing us now and God, I just pray today that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, we need to hear from you. You're our God. You're our creator. And we thank you, Lord, that you're our Savior through your Son and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. You gave him to us. It's the gift of life. We didn't earn it. We didn't work for it. We just receive it and believe it. So, Father, I pray today for those who are listening to the sound of my voice that your Holy Spirit would invade our hearts and that, Lord, you would grip our hearts today, that we would listen to you and that we would yield to you and that, Lord, you would take total control of our lives and of our hearts. Father, some in this room, some listening today, 
need Jesus. They need to be saved. And I pray today that through this message today that you would speak to their hearts and all of our hearts as we grow closer to you. Thank you, Lord, for how you're going to bless today. And we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you're visiting with us today, I've been doing a series through the book of Revelation. We've gone through the entire book, and we're in chapter 20 today. Uh, Last Sunday, we talked about the Millennial Kingdom. And right after that comes the Great White Throne Judgment. As a matter of fact, as we look at the events on God's prophetic timeline, I just want to do a little review on these. and They'll be on the screen. I want you to watch on the screen. And let's just kind of get a view. If you have a pre-trib or pre-millennial view, this is the way the chronological order has been unveiled in Scripture. Number one would be the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church. We're going to be called up in the air with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll meet Him at the judgment seat of God, the Bema seat of God. And then there will be a seven-year tribulation period right here on planet Earth. And after that seven-year tribulation comes the battle of Armageddon, where the Lord Jesus Christ comes and deals with a lot of those who are lost. And, And then the first resurrection, those who are saved, will be caught up with Him. And then comes the thousand-year reign, as we talked about last Sunday, the thousand-year reign called the Millennial Kingdom. And right after that, in your Bible, chapter 20, comes the battle of Gog and Magog. Satan is defeated, if you'll remember there in verse number 10. He is defeated and cast into hell along with the false prophet and the Antichrist. The second resurrection happens, and that's what we're going to talk about today. The second resurrection is those who are lost. Those who refuse to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. All the opportunities they've had, yet they rejected Him. And they'll stand before God at the great white throne judgment. And that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to talk about the great white throne judgment. As a matter of fact, there are three major judgments that are mentioned in the Bible. Number one, as I already mentioned, the judgment seat of Christ. It's the Bema seat, the judgment seat. That's where we as Christians are caught up in the air and we are judged on our works and we are rewarded to heaven accordingly. And then there's the judgment of the nations. That comes after the rapture. And then the judgment of the nations comes right after the tribulation period. This is where the Lord Jesus Christ separates the sheep from the goats. And then comes the millennial kingdom. And then right after the millennial kingdom, we talked about last Sunday, comes another judgment, which is the great white throne judgment. And at the conclusion of this millennial reign, this thousand-year reign, unbelievers, unbelievers of all time, all over the world, through every age, from the beginning of time, all unbelievers will be raised from the dead, and they will receive their final judgment, which is the great white throne judgment. So if you'll follow with me in Revelation chapter 20, verse number 11. And I'm reading from the New King James Version, so let's read this. John saw this, and John said, I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away. We'll talk about this next Sunday, matter of fact, the New Jerusalem. Next Sunday, I'm preaching on heaven. Hallelujah. Amen? All right. And there was found no place for them. There was found no place for them, and I saw the dead, small and great, and they were standing before God, and the books were open. 
and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works, by from which things were written in the books, plural. Now notice that. There's, God's going to have these books. He's going to have all of the things we've done, our deeds and all of those things. But he's going to have another book, which is the book of life. Verse 13. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. And the death in Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each according to their works. The death, then death in Hades, a grave, if you will, the abyss, the grave in Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the final judgment place called hell, if you will. The cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. We talked about it last week. I'll refer to this. This is the second death. That's the eternal death. And, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Anyone whose name is not found written in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. Now, what I'm describing to you is the second resurrection. The first resurrection is when all the saved have been raised. Remember that in the millennial kingdom? All the saved have been raised, raised to be with the Lord. But the second resurrection comes after the thousand-year reign. And that's when all the dead of all time are raised to stand before this great white throne judgment. And this is called the second resurrection and the second death. You remember? One birth, two deaths. One, two births, one death. In other words, if you've been born twice, you've been born physically, you've been born again, then you're just going to have one death. We've all got an appointment with death. But if you're not a Christian, and you only have one birth, you've never been born again, then you're going to have two deaths. You're going to die physically, and then you're going to be dying forever and ever and ever in the second death. And that's what this great white throne judgment is about. So I want to give you a few things today. Number one, God's judge, or the judge. We're going to look at the judge. Now the judge, we've seen Judge Judy, and we've seen Judge Jamie, right? But this judge is the only judge, the judge alone, who is Judge Jesus. Amen? We're going to look at the judge who is Judge Jesus. Now, the Bible says in Psalms 94, 2 and 3, watch this. Rise up, O judge of the earth, render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked triumph? You've probably asked that question along with me. How long is this going to go on? How long is Satan and the evil going to happen in our lives? Well, there's coming a day, and that's what he says. And then in Psalms 96, verse 13, listen to this. Psalms 96, verse 13. For he, Christ, is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with his righteousness and the peoples with his truth. You shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus himself, Jesus himself said in John fourteen six, I am the way and I am the truth and the light. And no one comes to the Father except through the judge. 
Except through Christ is what he's saying. Now I want you to turn to John chapter 5 with me in your Bibles. i got a few scriptures I want to share with you today. But I want you to turn to John chapter 5 and I want you to see this. As Jesus Christ alone is the judge. Now look what he says in John chapter 5. And let's begin reading with verse 21. John 5, 21. Jesus speaking. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom He will. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to His Son. Look at that. That all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent Him. Verse 24. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me, Jesus said, has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment. Do you see that? If you do, say amen. If you're a Christian, you won't stand at the great white throne judgment. But you have passed from death to life. That's that second birth. You've been born again. Amen? You've been born again. So you're not going through this second death. Most assuredly, I say to you, verse 25, the hour is coming, and now is that the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Son has life in Himself, so He has granted the Son to have life in Himself. And has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, Jesus said, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life. First resurrection. Those who believed on Him, received Him, will go through the resurrection of life. Now watch this. For the resurre- and those who have done evil to the resurrection, the second resurrection of condemnation. They're going to stand to be condemned at the great white throne judgment. Look at verse 30. I can of myself do nothing, Jesus said. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is Righteous. There'll be no excuse. Well, I, well, well mm-mm, mm-mm. what I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous. It's justice, and it's right. Because I do not seek my own will, but the will of my Father who sent me. Right out of the mouth of Jesus, he says, I'm going to be the judge. God's committed all of that to me. And I'm going to judge those, those who, have, those who received me as personal Savior, they don't have to worry about this judgment. But those who do not, they will stand before me in judgment. By the way, any questions? It's pretty plain, isn't it? Look what the Bible says in Acts 17, 31. Because He, God, has appointed a day on which He will judge the world in righteousness by the man, capital M, being Jesus whom He has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising Jesus, the first fruit from the dead, we too shall rise. 
You see, the great white throne judgment, it won't be separating of unbelievers from believers. That's already been determined. That's been determined by what you do with Jesus. The great white throne judgment's not about the sheep and the goats. That's already transpired. But this judgment is at the end of time, if you will, the last judgment, final judgment, is when Jesus Christ is going to judge all of the lost. No one whose name is found in the Lamb's book of life will have to go through this judgment. David Jeremiah said this. It's in your outline, or it's on the screen. It says this, At the great white throne judgment, every unredeemed person who has ever lived will stand before Jesus Christ to receive the sentence of eternal death. They will all face a judgment, a judge, but no jury. A prosecutor, but no defender. A sentence, but no appeal. It's the final judgment of the world. There's no hope for those who appear before the great white throne judgment. There is no possibility of redemption, no possibility of a favorable verdict, and no possibility of an appeal. There is only one sentence, and that is to be thrown into the lake of fire, a place called hell. Now, the truth is, in your outline, verse 11 says there's no place found for them. No one will escape the judgment of God. There's no purgatory There's no place to hide. There's no second chance. Eternity, final answer. The great white throne judgment. And the judge will be the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the judge. Number two, I want you to see God's justice. The justice. The justice. Now, two things I'm going to show you here. And number A is God's justice involves judging obedience to his word god has given us his word and so we need to be we need to be reading his word we need to believe this word this is the word jesus became the word the word became flesh and lived among us so we need to be obedient to what god says not what somebody said to you or not what some some false heresy preacher said one time. What does God say? What does His Word say? You're going to be judged according to this book, to this Word. He is the Word. And so we need to be obedient. God's justice involves judging obedience to His Word. Now look at John again, if you will. Turn to John. Now look in chapter 12 of John. John chapter 12. Find your place there. John chapter 12. All right, and look in verse uh, 46. John 12, verse 46. Jesus speaking again. I'm showing you this because I want you to see it right from Jesus. And he who seeks me, sees me, sees him who sent me. And in verse 46, I have come as light, a light in the world, that whoever believes in me shall not abide in darkness. 47. And if anyone hears my voice and does not believe, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. You see, even though he is the judge, he didn't come just for that purpose. You know why? He came to save you. He didn't come to judge you. That's not why God came. He didn't come to condemn you. He came to save us. 
Even though He is the judge and He will judge us, He's saying, that's not why I came. God allowed me to judge, but I didn't come for that reason. I came to save you for mercy and forgiveness and grace. While you have opportunity. That's why I came. Now watch this. Look in verse number 47. I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. Verse 48. He who rejects me. He who rejects me. He who won't believe me. Keeps rejecting me. And does not receive my words. Has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. See, it won't be God's fault. It won't be Jesus' fault. They're just judging the word that he gave us. And if we receive the word, obedient to the word, you don't have anything to worry about. Just receive Christ and his word, what he says. But if you reject that, then he says, you have that which judges you, the Word of God. The Word of God. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. See, you just don't get saved and live the way you want to live. You live by according to God's Word. By how the Holy Spirit guides us and leads us. And by the way, when you get saved, you have a, you have a want to that wants to obey the Word of God. I've never seen anyone that really got really saved that didn't want to obey the God, Word of God. Amen? It's not just fire insurance that we get, right? We get a life. I didn't have a life before I got saved. Oh, I was married and had a child. I was breathing, working. But I didn't have a life. I didn't know what life was till I met Jesus. And then He came into my life and gave me life. And by the way, I have life everlasting. Not just here, but there. Isn't that awesome? Well, what would you do? Nothing. Just received Jesus as my personal Savior. Got broken there in my closet. Started weeping and saying, Jesus, God save me, God save me. That's all I did. That's all I did. And He did the rest. Can I get a witness? What you must do is fall on your face. And believe that He is Christ and the Word of God is true. And when you do that, He'll come into your heart. And by the way, it is that simple. It's hard living. It's hard to live the, the way of Christ. It really is. We're in a world that's saying, do this, get that. I want to just give you pleasure. I want you to just have a great time and, and sin all you want. But we're not like that. We're different and we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And we don't go the world's way. I went that way for 27 years. And I'm telling you, it almost destroyed my life and my marriage. It was Christ that rescued me. It was His blood that redeemed me. He gave me life. Amen. Remember what He says? He who hears my word believes in me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment. That gives me confidence. I'm going to die. I'm not worried about that. I'm going to die sometime. I'm in a process of dying. Check out this hair. I'm in a process of dying. Right, Glenn? And by the way, it don't matter if you're two or 102, you are two. Because one day, 
It's coming. If you live long enough, and you're going to die. I'm not worried about that. I know it's coming. I don't know when, and I'm not rushing into it. But I do know it's coming. I'm not afraid of that because I have Christ in my heart. I don't have to be afraid. Talked about it Wednesday night. I don't have to be afraid of death because He took my punishment and my penalty and my condemnation and my worry and my fret and my sin and nailed them to the cross. He said, Dusty, I forgive you if you believe in me. Oh, I do, Lord. I do, Lord. Okay. Then you won't stand before the great white throne judgment. You'll be with me in paradise forever and ever in a place called heaven. By the way, the Bible says in 2 Peter 3, 9, God is, is long-suffering toward us. He's not willing that any should perish, but have everlasting life and come into repentance. God don't want you to go to that place of lake of fire. He doesn't want that for you. He came not to judge you, but to save you. But if you don't believe it, you don't receive it, then there's no other choice. And I'll talk about that in His justice, and that's what He's doing. God is a loving, righteous, just God. He's true to His Word. He's just. And God, number the B part is, God's justice involves righteously judging evil. Now, listen to me very carefully. Because He is a loving God, He's a God of mercy and grace, because He is, He's also a righteous judge because He must judge evil. Now let me ask you a question. With all this going on in our world, all the chaos and all the evil and all the violence and just all the sin, don't you want Him to judge that? Yeah, a lot of you, they're going to get the, I can't, you know, they are. He's going to judge them. Why? Because He's righteous. He don't want to send them there. He's not willing that any should perish. But all would come to repentance. That's what I want every week. But it doesn't happen. I give a plea. I put it out there. But people reject it and refuse it every Sunday. Every Sunday. And you wonder, why wouldn't they come? It's because they don't believe it or they would receive it. It took me a while. I was hard-headed for a long time. But God had a way of softening my heart. And by the way, I received Him when my heart was soft and when He was speaking to me. You keep rejecting Him, your heart can get hard. And I'm just trying to help us today because God's justice involves righteously judging evil. Turn with me to Romans. Let me give you a couple of scriptures here and we'll close. Romans chapter 2. How are we doing on time? We got it, Chad. Amen. We're, we're on time. All right. Romans chapter 2. Now look in verse number 2. Romans 2, verse 2. Now I want to read this and I want you to watch it. But we know that judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things, what he mentioned in chapter 1, or verse 1, evil. Look what it says. His truth is against those who practice such things, evil things. And do you think this, O man, who you, will, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same thing, you, you think you're going to escape the judgment of God? You're judging others, you're going to be judged, Right? 
Now look in verse 5. But in accordance with your hardness, there it is, accordance to your hardness and your impotent heart, watch this, you are reassuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. You see, if you're living evil and you won't repent, you won't turn to Christ, you're just storing up. Because one day, I'm going to get to it in a minute, one day he's going to open all those books. It's got everything you've ever done, every sin you've ever committed in these books. He's got them. He's got a perfect memory. And so one day, you're going to be judged by these books. And I'll get to that in a moment. But here's what he's saying in Romans. In the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Verse 6. Who will render to each one, here it is, according to his deeds. Eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for honor, glory, and immorality. But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulations coming in anguish on every soul of man who does evil, the Jew first and of the Greek also. But glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good, Jew first and also to the Greek. There's no partiality with God. Verse 16 says this, Romans 2, 16. In, in the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. What does that mean? Well, here it is. Boy, I hope nobody finds out. I hope nobody knows what I've been doing in the dark. I just hope nobody ever finds out what I've done. But I'm telling you, it's in the books. It's already in the books. He knows. It's not us you got to be aware of or afraid of. It's not us. It's Him. Now, I want to bring that home, and I want to show us that. I want us to really think about it. Here's a statement I wrote. Here's a statement on the screen. God's wrath is as much a part of His character as is His love. I want you to hear that. God's wrath is as much a character as His love. God will, never, God will not lower His standards or alter His requirements. He has ordained that faith in His Son is the only way of salvation. A God who doesn't exercise wrath against injustice is an immoral God. God must judge evil. He must judge evil. Why? He's a just God. Warren Wiersbe said this. And here's the consequences. Warren Wiersbe said this. It's in your outline. Hell is a witness to the righteous character of God. He must judge sin. Hell is also a witness to man's responsibility, the fact that he is not a robot or a helpless victim, but a creature able to make choices. We all make them. God does not send people to hell. They send themselves by rejecting the Savior. 
Hell is also a witness to the awfulness of sin. If we once saw, if we once saw sin as God sees sin, we would understand why a place called hell exists. That's a good word. Well, I don't know why there'd be a hell. Why must God send people to hell? He don't send people to hell. Hell exists because those who do evil and rebel against God and won't receive His Son. And if you saw the sin that He sees, you'd understand why there's a place called hell. you just seen it on TV. You're just seeing it in the newspaper, on the Internet. But what if you saw all over the world all the sin you'd realize He's a just God. He's a God of righteousness. And that leads me to number three, the judgment. God's judge and God's judgment, the judgment, the justice, but also His judgment. Now look at verse number 12 of our text. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books, plural, many books, were open. And another book was open which is the book of life. Let's stop there. Look in verse 12. Standing before God. Can you imagine standing before God? One day at the great white throne judgment. You'll be standing before Jesus too. God will be there. And so what will be the evidence? Okay, I'm at the great white throne judgment. I know I should have received Jesus. I didn't. But you know, I wasn't all that bad. All right, let's look at the evidence. Let's see if his judgment is just. So what's going to happen? He's going to open the books. And the books of your life, you've seen that, remember the TV show he's come on, This Is Your Life? It's going to be you and God. And there's Judge Jesus. And he's opened all the books of your life, all you've ever done, all the deeds, good and bad. And you're going to be judged. Not necessarily, you're, you're going to be judged by those rewards of those deeds. But you're going be separated, and the reason you're there is because you never received Jesus. Let's make that clear. You see, bad people don't go to hell, and good people don't go to heaven. It's not the reason, rather. You go to heaven because you received Christ. You go to hell because you didn't. Right? All right, now, so what's that? The book of lifestyle. In your outline, the books of lifestyle. Now, look with me in verse 12 and 13. He opened the books, they're open, and there's another book, the book of life, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged according to the works, that would be the books, by the things which were written in the books of your life. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and the death in Hades, the grave, delivered up the dead who were in them. Now watch this, verse, last part of 13. And they were judged, each one, According to their works. And then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. And this is the second death. You say, well, Pastor Dustin, why aren't you judged by your works? Well, I will be at the beam of seat of Christ when I'm raptured up out of here. When the world will still be here. The lost will still remain. And the Christians will be raptured up. And I'll be up there getting my reward, not for hell, but for heaven. He'll be looking at my life. You say, well, why don't you done some bad things? I sure did. Well, why don't you get your just reward? That's why I don't get it. Are you listening? This is why I don't get it. This is why you do get it. Because you didn't receive him and I did. 
It's plain as that. He nailed my condemnation to the cross. He nailed my sins to the cross. And by the way, He died for your sins and mine. But I believed it. I received it. And if you didn't, then you're standing there at the great white throne judgment. And the books are open. And you're getting judged by those deeds that you've done by not receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, there's an account of our lives, birth to death. Birth to death, lifelong record. Matter of fact, Matthew 16, 27, Romans 2, 6, and Revelation 2, 23 all declare this. I will give reward each one according to their deeds or their works. I just read it in verse 13 as well. Jeremiah 7.10 said this. Now watch this. Jeremiah 17.10. I, the Lord, search the heart. By the fact, listen to me, the good news is he, He judges your heart. I search the heart. I test the mind. Even to give every man according to his ways. According to the fruit of his doing. Here's an out, in your outline, watch this. This is good. Only one thing can declare us not guilty. That's the blood of Jesus. The atonement blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only reason I'm going to heaven. That's the only reason my sins aren't judged. Is because they're covered by the blood of Christ. I believed Him as my Savior. He's my Lord. He's my King. And I'm in Christ and Christ is in me. And my sins have been forgiven. They've been covered. And God doesn't see my sins. He sees God's blood. Christ's blood. He sees Christ's goodness for me. And he does that for you as well. Now, the second part B, the book of life. Let's look at the book of life very quickly. Look at verse 12 again. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books were open. And now another book. A book was open. One book, which is the book of life. And look at verse 15. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. In other words, he opened all those books, all the deeds you've ever done, and then he opens up the book. And he says this. All right, Chad. Let's see. Chad. Hmm. There's your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There you are, Chad, right there. Enter into my kingdom. You've already done that, so you're not even there. See, your name wasn't there. But let's just say Chad was lost. God forbid. He's not. He's got a testimony. Chad, I don't find your name in here. I've been looking. C-H-A-D, right? Chad, your name's not in my book. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. This is the book. This is the book of life. The Lamb's book of life. And this is what he judges out of this book. And so, Revelations 13.8 and Revelation 17.8 both talk about the book of life. Anyone's name not written in this book was cast into the lake of fire. Psalms, listen to this, Psalms 69, 28. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living and not be written with the righteous. 
Now, let me explain this. And if you'll do a study, and I'm going to show you one place you can do it, is in Exodus chapter 32. Now, everybody, when you've been born, your name is in the book of life. Once you were born physically. But what he judges by, if you never received Christ, your name is blotted out of the book of life. And when it gets to the great white throne judgment, your name's not in there. It's been blotted out because you never received Christ. Do you remember when Moses, Moses was talking to God, and down below the Israelites were making a golden calf. Aaron and the Israelites were making a God of the golden calf. And so it ticked God off. Because God said, I'll have no other God before me. And they were worshiping the golden calf. And so Moses goes down and sees all the evil of the people worshiping and making merry and, and having all kind of immorality stuff going on. And so Moses goes down and he's angry at them. And about 3,000 are taken out. And, and Moses said, God, wait a minute. Wait a minute, God. These are our people. These are my people. And it's in Exodus chapter 33. I wrote it down. I want you to get, you may want to write it down. Exodus 32, rather. Exodus 32, 31 through 33. In verse 32, Moses says, listen, I, if you'll forgive them, I'll make atonement for them, and I want you to blot my name out of the book of life. Moses said that. God, if you'll just forgive them and not punish them, then I'll, I'll make atonement for them and just blot my name out of the book of life. That's found in Exodus 32, 32. What did God say in verse 33? Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. Moses, listen. I appreciate, I appreciate what you're trying to do, but your blood won't make atonement for them. There's only one person whose blood will make atonement for people, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He accepts the atonement of Christ's blood. That's why he was born. That's why he died. That's why he went to the cross. To atone for your sin. To make, uh, make a substitute as the Lamb of God for your sin. It should have been me and you who died, but he died for us. And Moses couldn't do that, but only God could do that. So everybody's name was in the book of life, but if you never received Christ, your name's been blotted out of the book of life. Look in Revelation 21, verse 27. Chapter 21, just look over a page. You're in Revelation 20. Look in 21, verse 27. But there shall by no means, he's talking about heaven here, there shall by no means enter it, heaven, anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's the only ones that are going to be going to heaven. Listen to what Revelations 3 5, what Jesus said in Revelations 3 5. Watch this. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. How do you overcome? Through Christ. He's the overcomer. So he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name. From the book of life. Do you see that? Say amen. It's on the screen. Let me read it to you. Look at there. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. That's, in, that's when the, we come back in the millennial kingdom. We're in our glorified bodies. And I will not blot out his name from the Lamb's book of life. But I will confess him 
before my Father and before his angels. That's what it means to be saved. Jesus Christ says, all right, Jamie, you're a Christian? Yes, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I've accepted him as my personal Savior. Do you really mean it? Yes, I have. Not just, uh, I hope so, maybe so, or I'm thinking about it. If you have, he knows the heart. He says, all right, if you receive me as my personal Savior, then I will not blot your name out of the book of life. And so when you get the great white throne judgment, there's a lot of names that are not in here that got blotted out because they refused to receive Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. But wait a minute, Pastor. Do you really believe God being a loving God and all? Do you really believe that God would send people to hell in that terrible place with the devil and the Antichrist and the false prophet? Do you really believe that? Well, it's not really what I believe. I do believe that, but it's what the Word of God says. Amen? It's not me. It's the Word of God what it says. After all, I've done a few good things. He'll probably let me in. I've been pretty good. I haven't done everything. I, I haven't walked down. I've never received him as Savior. But you know what? I've been some good things. All right, I've got a verse for you. Put it on the screen. Matthew chapter 7. You may want to write it down in your outline. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 and following. I want you to read this with me. This is powerful because this is what Jesus said. Red letter. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Next verse, 22. But many are going to say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Didn't we go to Lindsay Lane Baptist Church? Didn't we read the Bible a little bit? Didn't we do a little stuff? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? And done many wonders in your name? Final answer, verse 23. The saddest verse, I believe, in the Bible. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness or evil or sinful. I never knew you. Well, I went to church, I did this, that. Mm -mm, I, I never knew you. You never had a personal relationship with me. All you knew about me, people talked to you about me, been in Sunday school, been in church, but you never knew me. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. You may close your Bibles. And I want you to look up here just for a moment. I'm going to tell you a true story. It's about a man named Hinkle Little. Hinkle Little was the worst drunk in town. He was a vile man. True story. Back in the 1920s. In the 1926, I believe it was. But Hinkle Little, one night, had a dream. It was a horrible dream. He saw himself at the great white throne judgment. It was so horrible that he woke up the next morning, told his wife and kids, said, get up, we're going to church. And they thought Hinkle Little had been on the worst drunk he'd ever been on in his life. They couldn't believe. Daddy said, we're going to church. We never go to church. He said, get ready, we're going. So they went down to the church. The preacher was preaching. He saw Hinkle Little come in the door with his family. And they said that he walked down the aisle and the preacher just stopped preaching and said, Hinkle Little, what are you doing here? Real spiritual like, right? And so Hinkle Little just kept walking down the aisle and they said that he stood up in front of the whole congregation and said, listen, you don't have to be afraid of me anymore. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to cuss you out. 
But last night I had a dream. And I saw myself before God. And literally it scared the hell out of me. It really did. There was a man in that congregation by the name of Sherman Branch. He was a songwriter. And Sir Sherman, Sherman Branch, after that service was over, true story, got with Hinkle Little and said, tell me about that dream. And they sat down and they wrote it out. And Sherman Branch put it in the song along with Hinkle Little. And it goes like this. Last night as I lay sleeping, this dream came to me. I dreamed about the end of time, about eternity. I saw a million people fall on their knees to pray. The Savior placed me on the left, and this I heard Him say. Sorry, I never knew you. Depart from me forevermore. Sorry, I never knew you. Go and serve the one you served before. I told the Lord that I had been a Christian all the while. He then looked through his book and sadly shook his head. He placed me over on the left. And this is what he said. Sorry, I never knew you. Depart from me forevermore. Sorry, I never knew you. Go and serve the one you served before. I saw my wife and children, and I heard each one's voice. Oh, they seemed so happy, my, how they rejoiced. With robes of white around them, and crowns upon their head. My little girl looked up at me, and this is what she said. Daddy, we can't go with you. We must stay on this lovely shore. Oh, we're sorry, cause we still love you. But you can't be our daddy anymore. When I from sleep awakened, there were tears in my eyes. I looked around about me, and then to my surprise, I saw my wife and babies, and I knew I'd had a dream. I knelt down beside my bed, and mercy, I did scream. I cried out, Father, who art in glory, look down with mercy this day. Forgive me, and let me love thee, till thy angels come and carry me away. Till thy angels come and carry me away. Have you ever had a dream like that? Amen. That is a true story. Check it out. Hinkle Little got radically saved. But he had a dream that he stood before God at the great white throne judgment. Changed his life. Let me ask you something. Is your name... In this book? Do you know what's in there? Have you ever received Jesus Christ? Or has your name been blotted out because you just refuse Him? 
I'm begging you today, come to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, with all I have, I beg you, Lord, on behalf of these people here today, those watching by live stream, those in the contemporary service, everyone who's heard this word this morning, we're all going to have to deal with what we hear in this pulpit and what we hear in the church, what we read in your word, what your spirit says to us. We've all got to deal with it. Some of us have already made our decisions. We've already accepted Christ as our personal Savior. Not that we're better than anybody else. It's just because you spoke into our heart and we said yes to Jesus. And we received you into our life. Some have heard maybe for days and months and many years, but never, ever received Jesus into their heart. And one day, one day, they're going to stand before you, Father, and go through this great, terrible white throne judgment because their name is not in the book of life. Father, would you speak to our hearts? Let your spirit, Lord, today draw us to you. And anyone today that would say, Pastor Dusty, I need Jesus. I I know it. God stirred my heart today, and I know I need to get saved. I'm going to ask you to do something. I want to ask you to come. Take me by the hand, one of our pastors, and just say, I need to be saved today. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to point you out in any way. But we'll show you how you can be saved and how you can know you're going to heaven when you die. I'm going to ask you to do that. It's going to take some courage. Don't be afraid. I promise you, God will help you if you'll take that first step. Some of you need to do what God's called you to do. Maybe join this church. God's been speaking to you in that area. Maybe you are saved, but you never done what God told you to do. You need to come. Maybe you want to come to the altar and pray for somebody. God's laid on your heart. Whatever it is, I'm praying, Father, in the name of Jesus, would you speak to our hearts and help us right now with your spirit. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand? Would you stand with us? And I'm going to ask you to come. I've been praying for you.